Hello and welcome back to the Bring of It podcast. Hello. Um, it was was it just me and you last week as well? Can't remember. No, it wasn't. Tom was there, but I can't remember what we did. Okay, but this is, I mean, this is the second time in very quick succession. I feel like that it's just been the two of us. But yeah. um, anywho, we watched The Nun 2. Um, I watched it again today most of the way through. Um, mm. And I think instead of just doing a review, we'd, we just thought we'd talk about whether it is would fulfil your needs for a just a scary film. Because I feel like a lot of people that go and see this film or a lot of people sort of spying when this is going to come on streams and stuff. They just want to know whether it sort of tickles that funny bone, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether to just flat out ask you what you thought, because the thing is, it kind of ruins it when you laugh out loud a bit, because then I don't have any re like, I don't have any idea, like, there's, there's no... Did real... I laugh out loud a bit? Yeah you, no, yeah, you laughed out loud at weird bits as well. You and Tom both do this. It really gets to me. You laugh out I... loud at bits that aren't that funny. I remember laughing about halfway through the film, actually, but I can't remember what it was. It, I remember it both was... times because so I was going to write them down to, to like bring them up. So it, one of it... them was when one of them was when the kid was what watching them dance, and you just laughed at that. And I thought, oh, it was her face. She had such a strange, such a strange grin on her face while it was happening. And then the other one was like, we suspect it might have been she might have been an angel rejected by God or something. And you were like, and you were laughing. I was like, mate, that's just that's a perfectly reasonable explanation. That's like, did... that's like Lucifer. See, no, it, there was something more about that line. There was something else he said that made me laugh, but I just can't remember for the life of me what it was. That re- that really wound me up at the time because the first time I watched that, I was like, oh, that's cool. uh, no, like, Lucifer. It, yeah, I got that, but it was just, I think it was just the fact that he stated it, and it was so fucking obvious what he was saying was obvious. He didn't need explaining. Like he added that extra bit at the end for no reason. And that's what made me laugh. What? The, I think that, 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 that Valak used to be an angel. No, it, but it was repeat what you said again. He, he said something like, um, he was an angel rejected by God or something. I, I don't remember the exact thing, but it was basically something like that. It wasn't specifically about Valak, whatever it was. And I can't remember it properly. So I'm not going to be able to explain it to you, but oh, I just fine, found fine, it funny. Fine. Any, well, what did you think of the film in general, rating-wise, I suppose? That's probably the... <laughs> might as well get out of the way now. Uh, it was okay. It had, like, some really good moments. I really liked the beginning. Yeah, um, that was my favourite bit, probably, throughout the whole thing. It was, like, a cool shock, even if, like, parts of... That, that bit at the start, you know, where the ball was getting rolled back and forth, that's so fucking formulaic. And I've seen... It's been in, like... Every horror film, and I feel like it started with E.T., where they started roll, where they're rolling the ball to each other. I don't know if you've seen E.T. No. Um, I was, to be fair, me and Tom discussed this when I watched it the first time. And yes, it's extremely formulaic, but I actually think they did do little things to avoid certain certain things happening. Like, for example, when he put it into the, the void again, it didn't come back again, which would have made it really annoying. I suppose, yeah. They did that little glass breaking in the background thing, which I think was more interesting. Um, yeah, I, I did. In my head, I gave it props for that because that did get me a little bit, maybe jump a tiny bit. So a lot, it was very, very like. So it was. It had at its bare bones. It was very samey, but it also did a lot of things to avoid a lot of like. There were times where it waited a beat longer that uh, to be scary, or it, it like. So there was a, there was a time actually, and I heard you murmur about it. Um, it, they they pan to the side, 
and then they slowly pan back. And I heard you muttering something. It was probably something like, oh, we know what's going to happen. And yeah, to be I think fair, so. they didn't get you there. Yeah. They didn't yeah. get you at that moment. And that was one thing I sort of get. And again, at the time, gave him props for. I remember thinking when I finished this, and I said this to Tom, I think the horror in this was very good. It wasn't a great film. Parts of the horror were very good. I, I still have this thing. I think Tom said the same thing in horror films. When they show the like monster in their entirety, it just makes it so much less scary. And yeah. I'm skipping quite a long way through the film here. Cause I think when you couldn't read the, the, the film shown in the moments where Valak was sort of hidden in the shadows and yeah. was like appearing out of pictures and stuff. Uh, let's and consider got... this spoiler free, by the way, just in case I feel like this might end up being a recommendation thing. So We're doing spoiler free M- more or less. Yeah. Cause I mean, people aren't going to remember a lot of the stuff we say unless it's like plot forming. So... Okay. We'll just, there was moments towards the end that just were frustrating for me. And that's I think like that every horror film, that's like the esca- I'm going to start making a catchphrase out of the escalation problem in horror films. Mm. They don't know how to. They don't know how to build things up to a crescendo. They don't know how to do it because it's not a horror anymore. As soon as they do that, it's stupid as well. Because maybe if this film was like an hour, uh, half an hour shorter, they wouldn't have had as much of a problem. That's why I left because I remember that was the point where I was like, I think as soon as um, they. The fake kind of the faces changed, if you know what I mean. So the, the as soon as the, the the antagonist sort of changed form slightly, yeah, that was when I turned off from being scared at all. Yeah, and I so the first time I watched this, I remember that I thought that middle part where I thought the horror was at its strongest. I thought it was longer when I watched that the first time round. Watch rewatching it, I'm I'm dropping it half a star because it was a I think it was a very strong twenty minutes, twenty minutes, half an hour. Um, mm. But the start and the end, I was not interested. So I, I, I can't in good conscience give that three and a half like I did before. I'm probably going to go down to three. Mm. Yeah, I think for a rating, I feel like I'd give it two and a half, maybe two, probably mm. two. There was the CG in it wasn't very good either, I thought, for the most part. You know, the moment, we, again, we're trying to do spoiler review, spoiler free, aren't we? You know, the bit with the magazines. I thought that was great. I just, the, no, the animate, like the animation or the graphics for the magazines looked cartoonish to me. I don't really know. Like, I like, yeah, when they were flipping their pages, they didn't look like real magazines. The outcome of it, like the thing that appeared after was cool, but the actual act of it was pissing me off while it was happening. It felt like I was watching like, I didn't think that at all. I don't know if that was... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I was I was looking for that as well because I was thinking, I wonder if they did that digitally or whether they they were just... They took a lot of takes or maybe they, they cut each magazine out and put them all together. I don't know how... I was thinking... That was what I was thinking. It I really looked... Clear. It looked so digital to me. I think it was how the light was shining on it. It, it looked like... Oh, so, like, so artificial. You can tell when a light... Like, a light shining on something is looks real. Mm. I feel like in films and it looked like a, like a light from like a Pixar film or something. I, th- I think you have to argue for the average viewer. They wouldn't spot it because I'm, pr- I watch a lot more films than the average person and I didn't spot it. It might be yeah. more like hyper awareness of it as perhaps probably, as someone who's lived through certain, e- like I said, not lived through, but like you've watched more eras of films where maybe that's been more obvious. And so yeah. you probably spot stuff. Whereas I'm kind of, I'm still quite a regular regular viewer who just watches a lot of films kind of yeah 
Um, That's fair. And I don't think I don't think that was obvious at all. And it was in my head as well. Like I was being aware of it. I thought that whole scene in general was fantastic, especially where like the the, the static sort of appeared off the off the pages, kind of. And they, if you know what I mean, like when they yeah. Started, they kind of wavered a little bit. That I thought that was all excellent, and the fact that, that it wasn't just random flapping. The fact that it was, it, it was forming faces. This is not going to make sense to a lot of people, unless you've seen it. But like the, it was forming faces every single every single turn of the page, and I thought that, that was, was actually really good. Yeah, um, that was a that was knee deep in the strongest part of the film. I think that was. So there was the bit where um, the guy. So oh God, it's really difficult spoiler here. free. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that period of the film was great. There was, there was there was a lot of Valak in the shadow stuff going on around that mm. period where she went down the stairs and she just sort of was confronted. If you remember yes. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that, that was cool. Was yeah, fantastic. And it caught me as well because I was like, oh, when did she appear when I watched this the first time? Mm. I, I I honestly think they had such a strong grasp on, on what made the nun scary and what they could do with her visuals. I, yeah. I think they really understand her by now. And that's why I think I gave maybe the rating a bit higher than it deserved because I was rooting so much for, because I think Valak's a fantastic villain in horror. I Yeah. I think the, um, like her presence in scenes is scary, Yeah, but I don't, I don't know about fantastic villain because there's no, there's not really any character development there. Is there? Need, doesn't need to be. I don't think. Like, how many, how many huge horror like figures of villains in film have, basically have nothing to them really? Like, I mean, okay, so I'll give you an example. Like, oh, is this a bad example? Like Vader before he had his backstory wasn't that interesting. He was just but, domineering and 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 he had presence. But what's that? Is that like that's like one film, isn't it? Before he has his yeah, backstory. Yeah, I know, I know, but I don't like don't. It's become a little bit of a thing where, like, villains have had had to have nuance. Like, so we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, and we were got, we were ranking the villains, and everyone had Ronan last. And I think that's so unfair. Just because Ronan was just a, sort of like a classic evil person doesn't mean he didn't have screen presence. But he pro- he probably is the worst of the three films, no? Maybe, but not clearly. And and when he, and considering what he was up against. Like but the that's, high evolutionary yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And like high evolutionary and ego are the like pretty outstanding villains. That's the thing. I'm not yeah, even I'm arguing just, against. I'm just, I'm just saying, like you, like it's not the only. I just don't think it's the only. Sometimes if it seems like that's how you measure villains, and I think that's just one metric. I suppose. Like being but, complicated. Yeah, I, I think you can just be evil, and it's enjoyable. I yeah, I agree with you to some extent. I, I think mean, it's what a they demon, do. So. What they do with her sort of skulking in shadows is creepy. It does raise the tension and the jump scares are scarier as a result. But I've I don't just know. In, I've just envisaged like at the end of the, like the last ever nun film. They just go, stop. How was your upbringing? <laughs> <laughs> just slumps and goes. Well, well, yeah, Lights a cigarette. It was a, one, it was a one parent household. <laughs> Mum tried, but she couldn't stop me from becoming a demon. And then Valak just gets help, and that's how yeah. it is. Yeah, redeemable. They get villains. they get Robin Williams from um from Good Will Hunting to come in. <laughs> like Valak, it's not your fault. Cure with laughter. <laughs> uh, poor Valak. Yeah, poor Valak. Um, it, 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 they do try and do that with a lot of villains, don't they? Like, what, what mm. villains that have like killed a lot of people? They try and make them redeemable. I think that would be tough with her. Mm. Must be said. I actually, by the way, because I know you said like the thing about like looking, seeing villains. 
I don't know if you saw my video on on TikTok on the first Nun film. Did you see that? Uh, I feel like I, I, what you did it recently, very recently, because I said that I exact thing known. about not showing the monster. Okay, that's really interesting because I said that exact thing about this exact franchise. That's really, yeah. But um, they did that in the um quite uh, surprisingly early on at the start of this film. Um, yeah, the hallway. Um, yeah, and I think it worked. I think it was fine. I was worried for like half a second, and then I was like, oh no, it's fine. See, that was fine because it wasn't... She was still slightly obscure. It was obscured. still a quick scene. It was a quick scene. Yeah. They didn't put too much drama on it. it the, um, the problems came later on, definitely. Yes, de- yeah, 100%. Um, we, we should talk about the opening a little bit because I yes. think the opening was almost as good as the first one. Yeah, it was I, up there. Absolute, well, <laughs> I say the opening. It's literally one moment, really. One real moment. Do you mean the wisp or the fire? The wisp. The wisp. Yeah, the wisp. Yeah. The, the wisp, wisp was, was phenomenal. The fire was quite cool. But like yeah. the, the first Nun film had like an outstanding, like full on outstanding opening. Yeah. And then yeah. it was just a bad film. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying that as someone, again, who's rooting for the Nun franchise. Um, that, But yeah, that second, it, this the second intro, that shot with the wisp, and I'm not going to describe it too much, but just the colour grading and, the, and yes. the amount of lighting exactly was absolutely perfect it was excellent if, if you could possibly have like a mount rushmore for that specific thing which is just lighting and stuff mm. like it would it would be right up there and we're talking about like a not a great film yeah but that's that, that's it, what, i always focus on those things i always focus on the things that i loved and it clouds my mind to how like not great the film was yes yeah. <laughs> That um that reminded me a little bit of the Evil Dead Rise bit at the start. I think Evil Dead Rise did it better, but with the the lettering coming up either side of her arms, yeah, in the beginning, yeah. I, um, I I will say that I low I okay. So the Evil Dead Rise opening was definitely better than this, mm-hmm. um, but that moment with the nun and uh, and the wisp um mm-hmm. was be- was my favorite part from all moments in in all of it. Like I went back to look at, the, I I tried to find like some sort of quick stream online just to rewatch it. It didn't work because I had light in my room. Like you couldn't, <laughs> it. you had to watch it in complete dark. That's another tip I'll say, by the way, right now is if you go, if you, if you somehow find a way to watch this on stream at some point, make sure you like, I mean, this goes for all horror films. It, it annoys the hell out of me when I hear people saying they don't like horror films and then they just watch it like in the daytime. <laughs> like lights on um no headphones just stop it you need to know how important sound is and and lighting in the horror films it's the most probably the most visual genre outside yeah. of actual like visual films like like dennis villano villano that's the one whatever his name is who cares um but it's yeah it's probably the most visual genre overall and in it in it upsets me how little people take it seriously Mm. um but especially yeah especially for films like this where they play so much with the 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 um the darkness yeah but um we can't talk about cobweb can we you didn't see cobweb haven't seen cobweb haven't had the chance unfortunately i think i I, I only showed like i don't know how much it showed but it hasn't showed a lot um i think that was probably I don't know. I wasn't scared as much, but it was a very good horror film in terms of like, in terms of um, a lot of shots and a lot of expectations and a, and a very different type of um, 
horror. Was a... they call it psychological, really, because it's 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 a stemmed in something a lot more like realistic, maybe. Yeah, was Anthony Starr good in it as well? He was very good, but um, I forgot. Is it Liz, Lizzie Kaplan? Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. She was also very good. Um, she grew into it actually. So oh, I, cool. at the start, I was like, "Yeah, this is Anthony Starr's film for sure." Mm. But then she was very good by the end. Um, nice. Together, they were fantastic, and it's probably one of those things I like go back and watch and like be even more impressed because you know certain things are like, "Oh," and we spoke about this before, didn't we? This cobweb might be another one for, for everyone to look out for, especially if you're into like your more get out slides type horror films. Um, it's a little bit closer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Um, don't really know how to put it. Um, it, it. It will be one of those ones that you go back through, and you'll be like, "Ah, oh, okay, okay." And mm. and we were talking about the trailer, and we were like, "Oh my god, they revealed so much," and it mm. irritated me so much. And I tweeted about it, which doesn't take much. I tweeted about parsley today. Um, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I, I it just got under my for some reason it got under my skin. I don't know. <laughs> um, but. Um, I tweeted about how annoying the trailer was because it gave you so much. It 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 looked like it had just gone embedded right into the plot, and I just yeah. don't know why you'd ever do that. Like you just got. I feel like trailers should only give a vibe ever. I mean, it, as soon as it's going into plot devices, I, it just it irritates me. Yeah, I um I got really wound up the other day by the what was it Rebel Moon trailer, which was quoted as a teaser but was four minutes long just what the fuck is that about that oh, is ridiculous yeah, we spoke about that didn't we because teaser traditionally is like a 55 second video yeah that's nolan, not what we all grew up with nolan does teasers properly and i would like, only ever watch teasers if i if i had to, if i had the choice and i didn't turn up to cinema things on time and i didn't mm. just get washed with adverts and stuff i would only ever watch teasers the teaser for oppenheimer i was like if I only ever watch that trailer, I'll be gassed enough to go. Yeah, exactly. But then the all proper trailers came out and I was upset. Yeah, I guess some people need to see more because they want to know that they're spending their money for a good good reason. <sighs> Try before yeah. you buy type thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, let's not go into that because it might be another thing entirely. Yeah. I think mean, the bottom line is, I mean, how many horror films... We don't, we don't watch as many horror films now as we did in lockdown, so we don't like have like, it's hard to like think back to how scary these films were. But I do, th- I would put this film in like the higher, the top 50% at least of like the I, average horror film of how scary it is just because of the utilization of darkness. I didn't think it was that tense. There were some moments and that, that good period you were talking about where it was quite tense and they had some jump scares that did get me. But overall, I don't think it was that scary. I think there was moments when I can't remember the actress's name. Something Farm Farmiga, Teresa oh, Farmiga. I was literally just about to comment on her. Um, Taser, yeah, maybe. Yeah, when she was traveling around the country with uh, the girl from Euphoria, I can't remember um, her name. Yeah, Storm Reed. Yeah, those were quite boring. I'm not going to lie. There was they were more quite... boring upon se- on second watch. I realised how little I cared about these. Li- like I wish they'd just done all the exposition in one church. They felt really unnecessary. I don't know what it was. I don't know who written it, but like, I guess they wanted there to be the showdown at the end, so they had to see them figuring it all out first. But it just longed the film out. 
Um, you, know, you know how how much we've talked about. I, well, I think we talked about this at least once about like AI scripts, like the possibility that people use AI to like they just chuck the first film into an AI generator and they mm-hmm. get a script back and then they just alter it, just make it sound yeah. a little bit more human. I, I genuinely think. I mean, we. I think we're seeing that here. Genuinely, yeah, it's possible. There's three screenwriters in this film. Um, how on earth three? They needed three screenwriters to 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 make, have what they had in this film. I, mm. I think everything was let back down by the script. I think the directing was great. Um, I think the acting was surprisingly good for something that was basically just, you know, green tennis balls probably. But uh, yeah, uh, well, not great. That's harsh because they actually have an actor for the under. But, but you know, according. I mean, According to this as well, the, they filmed it at an actual abandoned church in France. So Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, imagine doing this just a set for a church. It yeah. makes sense, doesn't it? Um, but it, 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 I, it did seem like it was just entirely let down by the script. I think the yeah. Taisa Farmiga, uh, is it Farmiga? Is that how you say it? Farmiga? I think it's Farmiga. I don't really know. I, it might I be Farmiga. Think, I think the acting, traditional good acting... Um, is very different to the sort of acting you need for horrors. And I think, actually, she had some great screen presence. She wasn't think, too bad. I think I felt the horror a bit more because of her. Like I think worse actors, and I've seen horror films that are kind of scary, and then it go, and then it sort of go back, it goes back to the actor, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they just don't look that scared at all. Yeah. I think she does it quite well, and I, I, it, it helps. It sort of pays to, like, notice that a little bit. Um, I don't. Yeah, the, the acting didn't bother me throughout. Really, it Storm was just. Reed was totally wasted. I mean, you haven't, you still haven't seen Euphoria, uh, Euphoria season two, where Storm yeah. Reed shows herself to be a very, very, very good actor. Mm. Um, she's also in Missing when she's very good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, not extraordinary. It's more of a thriller, so it's not much as as much for her to do. Yeah, um, but she's a very good actor and. This was like the most pointless role. I mean, I know she's got to get paid, but like this was so, this wasted her so much. She was basically <laughs> a replacement for the fourth wall. So yeah. instead of our, like, instead of Sister Irene looking at the camera and going, oh yeah, this is a story about a woman whose eyes were, like they just talked to her instead because she was the less experienced nun. Yeah. And the personality <laughs> trait they gave her was that she smoked and she was a <laughs> nun that smoked. Whoa. She, therefore, she was rebellious, and then she yeah. did like a, and then she did a Murphy from in Interstellar, and, and like came onto the train with her while she yeah. was trying to do a solo venture. And I was just like, "Oh, bloody hell, that's not well, good, is it?" Why? Why were there so many Americans in a convent in France or wherever it was they were? The weird thing is, though, I think I don't know if this is something she did, or I mean, I don't know if this is something she was told to do, or something she even did, or if it's just something I thought she did. But I thought. Um, Irene, the lead. Um, I, I thought she sounded like she she had an American accent, but she didn't sound like entirely American. Well, like she had a twang, like a little bit of a, like an Eastern European twang or something like that. Um, yeah. Storm Reed or Deborah, his sister Deborah, definitely sounded fully American. Yeah, I, I quite. Oh, that's something I haven't mentioned. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, so. The the girl who's from um, Narnia, I thought she was quite good. It's good to see her back, back getting work. Um, Anna Who's Coppola. the girl from... Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Um, and also, the, I thought the bullies were quite good. Which yeah, they went to... strange feat. Um, I mean, you look, at, you look at, like, Avatar, which has, I mean, one of the most ridiculous budgets ever, and the bullying in that was awful. 
Yeah. Um, but in this, I actually remember thinking, like, they were quite scary figures. Um, oh, my God, I can't pronounce that. I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce that name. Uh, but the leaves, I think she sounded like she was probably maybe a Romanian. Um, it had, she had, like, a, an Eastern European accent, or maybe it was maybe it was French. Uh, but she, she had... Um... Like, I imagine French. She had like a very, very strong accent, and and I think she was quite a good little side villain. Um, yeah, and her psychic was quite funny, um, like a bit of a suck up. Yeah. Um, are we, I don't, we we may be potentially straying a little bit. Actually, I feel like maybe we should we should maybe reach a bit of conciseness in this one. So yeah, sure. It's sort of a recommendation, but I, I think, think it's vaguely scary. For parts of the film, has a good middle, has a good a good start, but the end lets it down. But then the, genre, it... the horror genre is sort of a wash with bad films, so and, and I feel like this is probably better than the average horror film. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not horrendous; it'll keep you entertained. Which is the, the the thing is, like when you like, if you were to go on Netflix right now, you would and you you roll a dice and you watch. I think two out of three times you'd you'd be watching something worse than this, and I think it's sort of with it. It's sort of our like responsibility to say. I mean, it may be bad, and it may be a sequel to a bad film, which would doom it in most cases. It's mm-hmm. still better than most horrors, probably. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I still personally prefer this to films like Midsummer. There's, I mean, just, just because Midsummer yeah. has redeeming qualities, but it was, it just, I just hate horror films that aren't scary at all. It'd be nice if Midsummer had continued with like that. You know the tapestry that appears halfway through, then they just disregard near the end of the film. The sort of it sort of predicts what's going to happen throughout the film. You think, okay, there's something going on here, and then it just disregards it and goes off in a whole different direction. They'd gone on from that. Midsummer would be a cool film, and Midsummer starts really well. But yeah, he start. It yeah. does. I, I saw actually a little bit of um, content on this recently. It was, I mean, the start is scary. We all remember how harrowing the start is, but actually, a little bit of that so, that um manipulation and and the the, the the sort of the fact that she's like completely estranged after her trauma it's quite mm. a nice well, not nice but it's like a quite a realistic depiction mm. I quite, and i quite enjoyed all that um it was just yeah it just turned into weirdness and abstractness and they probably lent the hell into it because everyone loves that nowadays yeah um but yeah i i would probably say as a for a horror fan horror fan i recommend this and for anyone else, probably not. If you've got Odin Limitless, go and see it. That's what I'll say. I mean, even then, I mean, there's there's probably, I mean, there's a lot of films. It's, if, it's you've got Odin Limit, if you've got Odin Limitless and you've, see, you, <laughs> you've seen everything else already, go and see this, I guess. It's such a shame how many films, by the way, like it's even for people listening who might have Odin Limitless. It's such a shame how many, like, films that are quite critically acclaimed that are getting like one showing every few days. Like yeah. that film I watched yesterday, um, the, the last, no, the first slam dunk, hugely critically acclaimed, very, very good. It only got the one showing. Yeah. Um, Past Lives is only getting daily showings from a certain date. Like it's been out for a little while and it's getting minimal showings. Um, yeah. What's the other one? Bottoms or something? That's not getting a single showing where we are. Is that on in uh, Everyman Cinema? Um, but maybe, maybe we go see that. Well, uh, yeah, I was just, I was just wondering. We never yeah. get anything good in the Odeon, do we? It's very annoying. 
Yeah, anyway, yeah. Well, that, that's our recommend. That's our recommendation then. So, feel like you have enough to work with. Yeah. yeah. Cheers for coming. Thank you for coming to the Bring Mick podcast. I think we got a guest next week, so hold fire. Woo! And probably uh, the week after as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wonder who you thought I was talking about in the first one. Anyway. <laughs> Hi. Bye.